0: Welcome back to another bonus episode of the FTDOL podcast. We've got a special guest for you today, in all senses of the word, Roth. Beat 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 shot. Obviously, the other two boys are with us, but first, Jimmy Ben, singer, songwriter, Sheffield striker. How you doing, mate?
1: Not too bad, Jordan. Great to be here. Cheers. Sheffield striker. Yeah. I like that. I've That's never it. had that. I like it. Well, it's, it's only facts, isn't it? It's only facts. It is. It is.
0: You two boys know about him, up front. Yeah, he does yeah. it right. All right, come it's on! A, a long, long time. Come on, give him a bit, give a bit of, me a bit of
2: credit. Well, you two was competing, weren't you? Neck and neck for the the top scorer award. Uh, I, think, I think I won it, didn't I? I? Surely. Surely. No, on. I think you might have got the. We give you sympathy vote player of the season or something, but uh, the top score always went to to one of those boys. Exactly. Every season. Fact, no, was that's
3: top the last time. Surely. I don't remember. It's too long, anyway. I'm going to look in the records and find out. Yeah, Jack
0: Jack noted them all down. Anyway, check the WhatsApp group. Uh, It's all all in there, and I'm pretty sure I was top every season, so it doesn't matter. Whatever happens with you guys, I'm a top. Uh, But yeah, Jack, do you want to describe what we're doing today, and what's going on?
2: Yeah, so we've got a new bonus segment idea, um, which Jimmy's our little guinea pig for, which is called FT Feature Sessions. So, Jimmy's going to talk through his best 11 for his club which is Sheffield Wednesday um, and really? it's yeah the best 11 of his lifetime so Jimmy do you want to kind of explain your association with, with Sheffield Wednesday and so how long you've been following them and stuff like that
1: yeah sure so I've supported Sheffield Wednesday all my life as long as I can remember that is and Once upon a time, when I was younger, they were a fantastic team. And doing this has really reminded me what amazing players they had. So I'm basing it on players that I personally have seen um, play live and on TV. So pretty much first season I remember is about 1990. So anyone before that isn't going to be on the list. So from about 1990 onwards, those are the years I'm going to be selecting from and to be honest they probably all come from about two years around then because the club's not quite at the level it was back right then. but hey how?
2: Hey. Yeah as an Arsenal fan I've got sort of fairly got fairly good memories um, the first FA Cup final the one before the replay that's actually the day I was born in 93 and then I think the replay was the day Jordan was born as well and then what well, we had the League Cup final against you as well so it was and must have played they five or six terrible times. Days.
1: Terrible days. So sorry, lads. I don't want to make you feel bad, but terrible days.
0: I remember that uh, semi-final like it was yesterday. <clears throat> but
1: yeah, <laughs> I didn't play- agree to this. I didn't <laughs> agree to this. I'm about to hang up.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? The only player I <laughs> no. know from Sheffield Wednesday was the uh, Kenny. That's the only guy I remember. Uh, I don't know if he's made your uh, top eleven. But, uh, yeah, Jack, do you want to kick us off then? Um, well, yeah, start, by start the end of
2: it, I think, I think you'll know more than Di But, no, Jimmy, the the floor's yours. So, assuming you want a goalkeeper in, in your team, who, who are you kicking off with?
1: Thanks, lads. So, goalkeeper, it's a tricky one because I am a striker myself, so I don't pretend to be a goalkeeper expert. But I think a lot of people would probably go for maybe Chris Woods, crops up a lot, but he was prone to an error, a bit harsh on him, so I'm actually going to go for a guy who was a fantastic goalkeeper in the 90s and he was a bit of a cult hero as well, and that's Kevin Pressman. I don't ever remember him having a bad game for Sheffield Wednesday. He was a proper true man of the club and he was quite well renowned for celebrating on a Saturday night with a curry in the (laughs) local curry house. Near where I grew up. Now that is a proper 90s footballer. So, did you ever see him? Yeah, all the time. All the time. He he was a regular at that Curry House and a very, very thoroughly nice bloke and a great underrated goalkeeper. To be fair, he was a fantastic goalkeeper. So, yeah, I'd have him in the sticks, no danger. Nice.
2: Wow. Did he ever? You wouldn't get that these days, would you?
1: No. No. In oh,
0: no. no, did he ever have the two kingfishers you got to have a, a double kingfishers in the curry I'll...
1: or cobra I am 99.9% sure he definitely had at least two kingfishers
3: <laughs> <laughs> at least at
1: least <laughs> he was a good lad
0: <laughs> he sounds it right so we'll it the right back can I do it in a different order actually
1: yeah that's fine no worries oh. take the Just floor I think it's easier to go to the centre-backs, actually, just the way my brain works, maybe. But, I mean, my God, did Sheffield Wednesday have some amazing centre-backs. But first up, I'm going to go with Des Walker. Um, Fantastic. yeah, yeah. England defence. He had a lightning fast pace back in the day, which admittedly kind of got him out of a few mistakes and problems. But the fact is he was fast enough to recover. So every defence is always a lot stronger with a fast defender who can get those last-ditch tackles in, save the day. Des Walker was that man. He was fantastic. So he'd be my first centre-back, no danger.
2: How good was he in terms of in terms of centre backs in the league? Was he one of the top sort of two or three? Because I I think I, I know he played a lot for Sheffield Wednesday, but I think a lot of people talk about him for Forest.
1: Yeah, I mean he was he was probably maybe more well known for Forest. I'm not sure, but I mean he was he was an England first choice defender for. A fair period of time. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the years exactly. But, I mean, he was one of the top defenders. And when he came to Sheffield Wednesday, to be fair to him, he came with a lot of pressure and hype. And yeah. I'd say that he mostly lived up to that, to be honest. Um, he was a firm fan favourite. And, again, he was always there. He was an ever-present. Um, don't really call him injured, etc. And, yeah, I mean, what a fantastic player to, um, to see live as a younger kid. And he was fast. Believe me, so yeah, yeah. I think he was a real top defender,
0: and he played in um, Italy. I was, I'm pretty sure he played in some Sampdoria. I might, might be wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure he did.
1: Um, Goal for the fans.
0: Yeah, one of the <laughs> All right, next one. So you're going to go for another centre back, or you're just going to play one?
1: No, I, I'm going to. I'm sticking to a very traditional four four two. So. There's Walker had fantastic pace, but what you need alongside him is a real leader and a guy who's going to get the rest of the team to do exactly what they should be doing at any given point in a game, and a guy who's going to put his body, everything on the line for the team and win at all costs. And that man is Nigel Pearson.
2: Okay.
0: All right.
1: Explain. So... Nigel Pearson was a leader, and above all else, he got the whole team fired up in the right mindset to go out and win football games and losing a game was simply unacceptable and I don't think it's any surprise; he's gone on to be a pretty successful manager
2: um, and yeah. so, you
1: know championship promotions he's like i mean you know this season he's done really well at Watford and if he says something, it strikes me as the type of guy that you would just listen to. Probably because, mm. frankly, I was frightened of him because I think he's a bit of a nutter, but um, a real leader. And as a defender as well, he was fantastic because he'd just get his head, body on everything in the way. Positionally, he was very solid, very strong. And as a striker myself, I can tell you, I would hate to play against a defender like him because I'm sure he was kicking you, nipping you, telling you you're a waste of space all the time so yeah i think he, he was an old school defender but an absolute beast and a real leader
3: yeah speaking of nutter i mean i remember when he was managing i think leicester or someone and then jimmy Max fallen into him accidentally of course and he's yeah. just strangled him on the floor
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think that was on a match of the day podcast actually the other the other week but i mean yeah he, he's um and he's not a guy to mess about with, put it like that. But that's what made him such a brilliant defender. Mm. You
2: definitely yeah. need
3: a defender like that.
0: We don't be mentioning any any other podcasts on here, Jim, or get uh, <laughs> Nigel, Nigel, well, Nigel Pearson on
2: he you. You did, <laughs> did get a mention on the Peter Crouch one, actually. Because and you, Jack, <laughs> would, uh, would uh, <laughs> I'll get Nigel Pearson on you. Cashmash Michael was on, and he said that uh, he gave Pearson loads of credit for that um, that Leicester title win.
0: Well, yeah, he he did set that um team up, didn't he? Really, set the basis of it up yeah. anyway. Uh, right, so we going left, right, centre, mid. Your choice. So I'm going.
1: To go, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows where I'm going? But I'm going to go, like, <laughs> and left back. To be honest, this is one of the less flashy players in the list. And again, a guy who went on to be pretty successful managerial wise. I think he even managed Northern Ireland, if I'm right. And that's Nigel Worthington at left-back.
2: Yeah.
1: Have you guys heard of him?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah he was I Norwich think. manager for a while as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he managed loads of teams, to be honest. But, yeah. I mean, he's he's not a flashy player and I'm not a defender. But, again, he's a player that was just completely solid in a back four for Sheffield Wednesday and highly successful over a long period for the team, he could just defend. He dealt with wingers of all pace, all shape, sizes. He just dealt with them. And he could really play as well. He had a very good left foot, extremely good on set pieces. He got moves going from the back, which, you know, we're talking early 90s. Um, You know, that wasn't necessarily the way a lot of long ball football was played there. But he could really play as well. And he was just a consummate professional, to be fair. And not the flashiest choice, but again, he's just going to contribute to a completely solid defence. And back then, around this era, Sheffield Wednesday had a really, really solid defence. So, yeah, quality professional, Nigel Worthington. I've got assist- to say,
2: I thought assist- you'd pick another Northern Irish player, but I think, well, I guess you could put him somewhere else, potentially. Um, but I, I won't say too much.
1: Who's that? You can say spoil it.
2: Spoil it. Okay. Uh, I was thinking because Chris Brunt used to play for for you guys, didn't he?
1: He did. He did. But I think we're talking about. I mean, I know it. These it, it's different eras. But Chris Brunt was a quality player and a real a real popular Sheffield Wednesday player. But he's not going to be in this team because he's not at the level of some of the people coming up. If I'm being honest, fair enough. Yeah.
2: Must be a high level then. Not to make it.
1: Oh yeah. The mid the midfield is just sexy. Sexy football.
2: So your right back. Is he sexy?
1: So the right back to anyone who knows the game of football going back, because again, this is kind of you know the late 80s into nineties, but a true, true cult hero of Sheffield Wednesday and a sensational footballer. Right-back is Roland Nielsen. Have you guys heard of him?
2: Never oh, heard I... of him. Is he, <laughs> what, Danish or Swedish
1: or something, is he? Presumably. He was, he was, God, you're putting me on the spot. He was Swedish. I'm sure he was Swedish. Roland Nielsen, right, was as good a right-back defender as you're ever going to come across. And the time he played in, I've got one specific example, which was the 1991 Rumble O's Cup final which is now the League Cup final. Rumble O's was cool. crisps? N- what crisps?
2: <laughs> What's Rumble O's?
1: I think it was an electrical retailer.
2: Oh, no. I'm thinking was something else.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, the crisps, the crisps Cup final. <laughs> back when Cup finals were cool, um, Sheffield versus Manchester United, a very famous Cup final. And all the hype was about Manchester United because they had hot shots, Lee Sharp and Ryan Giggs, who were going to tear Sheffield Wednesday to shreds and reinvent the game of football. And on that day, Sheffield Wednesday beat Manchester United. Roland Nielsen had both of those two in his pocket for 90 minutes and he didn't even break a swear. And I'm telling you, if Twitter existed today, Ryan Giggs' career would have ended that day because Roland Nielsen, taught him a lesson in how to be a man. So, Roland Nielsen, Sheffield Wednesday legend. I literally love him. I actually love him. I'm sensing that. I know. Blimey. Did the passion come across?
0: It came across. Yeah, I could feel the heat off my laptop.
1: Excellent. There's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, Roland Nielsen, legend.
2: So, what's what your next you, one? What are you doing in midfield? 3, 4, oh, four, 4, 2, isn't
1: it? Yeah. So midfield four. So I'll go to the centre of midfield um, for the two in there. So we've got one is John Sheridan without any shadow of a doubt. And John Sheridan was just a fantastic footballer. And I used to think that when I was younger, as I've got older, I realised he was a truly fantastic footballer and He was just fantastic on the ball, creative passing. And I'd urge anyone to go on YouTube and search for John Sheridan free kicks. My God, did he score some amazing free kicks over his career. One at QPR particularly, where he flicked it up and then volleyed it into the far corner. just The kind of stuff you just don't really see these days, to be honest. Absolutely outrageous. And he was a fantastic attacking midfielder.
0: I have to uh, go on YouTube definitely for that one. He sounds like a a decent player, but again, another hi, even, another name hi. I don't know. Yeah,
1: look up his free kicks. And John Sheridan is a fantastic guy as well because I've met him. More of which I'll reveal shortly. <laughs> Alongside him, we've got to have someone to balance that off. So football's not always about being the most skillful, the most talented. You do need a physical player. Player who's box to box, who's going to frighten the opposition, probably frighten his teammates and himself half the time. And he's a guy who often underplays himself, to be honest. But he was a fantastic physical presence, and that's Colton Palmer.
2: Of course. Voted the worst England player of all the time, I seem to remember.
1: <laughs> well,
2: is that a, is that a fair on him?
1: I think he's probably better than most of the. England squad over the last 20 years to be honest. If we judge all players by being like Messi, then sure, Carlton Palmer's not making any Football <laughs> Teams come, they, they require a balance for me and Carlton Palmer yeah. is a physical engine. and believe me, he could also play. It's been undersold if if he said he couldn't play and he was part of a very successful Sheffield Wednesday side for many, many years.
2: Yeah, I heard him... Um... On an interview on on another podcast the other day, and he, he doesn't take any punches. He says it how he is. I think, yeah, he'd, he'd make a good pundit as well, bomb, Palm, because you just you could tell um, just from listening to him in that interview that he was he was a bit of a leader as well. And I think he I think he so. came into that England team and gave a few people a, a kick up the arse, uh, like Gaza and stuff. Really physical, in he really has long legs and.
1: Yeah. yeah exactly and he was um I mean, yeah, he wasn't always flashy, but he was definitely a character and again a leader, and I do think the fields benefit from a leader. I mean, he could play, make no mistake about it, he could play, but box to box, endless work rate, and I'm sure he did um lay into a few England people and tell them to pull the finger out. probably didn't go down too well. I'm sure he didn't. he was that kind of guy, but he for for that era as well, early nineties era it was quite a lot more of a physical game. And yeah. I think it was he was the perfect midfielder alongside someone like John Sheridan, who was a real ball player, to create what was a formidable midfield. And Sheffield Wednesday were a top two, three side during that period, not to forget. So, you know, they were highly successful by that. So, on the wings, right wing, a lot of people... Probably would go for Di because, let's face it, Di Canio, fantastic footballer, bit of a maverick. But then again, um, he was a bit of a live wire and did he really live up to his skill level, if you like, consistently. So I've decided to go for an alternate choice. And although he was at the end of his career when he was at Sheffield Wednesday and he was even player manager, and a very successful player manager for Sheffield Wednesday. We're talking about the first ever million-pound footballer, and that's Trevor Francis. And he was a phenomenal footballer and an England regular for many years throughout the 80s. And it'd be easy to overlook him, so I didn't want to do that.
3: Yeah, he was an absolute baller. Um, I think I remember like De Canio wasn't really, as we remember him when he was at Sheffield Wednesday as well. Would that be fair to say? Like, he wasn't as good as he was when he was at West Ham. Would that be fair to say?
1: I, I, to be honest, I'm, I think he was as good. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, again, there's some highlights, reels of him at Sheffield Wednesday. And he, he was a proper baller, De know a real maverick. But he was maybe a bit more inconsistent at Sheffield Wednesday. Maybe just didn't get as much attention. And obviously... We all know we pushed the referee over and that pretty yeah. much ended Wednesday career. So I, I think like if I'm talking about my all-time best team, you know, Di make no mistakes. What an entertainer. Loved watching him. But Trevor Francis is a serious, serious footballer. And, you know, I mean, we're talking a long time ago now, but my God, could he play back in the day? So I've got to put him into this team.
0: Pretty sure we played against his son as well, Tangish uh, League, Jack Tom. Um, Wasn't that? are you thinking of Chris Coleman yeah Chris Coleman Trevor Francis same thing mate uh,
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> they <laughs> had us on together don't you know yeah that's it that was it
0: allegedly <laughs> allegedly taking it back to next, last week's podcast um, yeah <laughs> what's your next are you going to go to the wing next or are you going to go up front
1: now I'll go to the other wing the left wing Yeah. I mean do any of you want to have a guess who's going to be on the left wing you best know this one
0: does it begin with W his
1: surname. It does.
2: Well, yeah, it's got to be Chris Waddle. Oh, say
1: Shout it loud.
2: I can't. I've got a baby in the other room. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Even more reason. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is entertainment. It is, it is Chris Waddle. I mean, who else? Chris Waddle. I think... He's probably you know, the most famous person on this list all around. A phenomenal footballer. I grew up watching him, and it was a privilege to watch him live back when he played for Sheffield Wednesday. He was just a fantastic footballer. And in a way, the kind of player you don't get these days, he wasn't lightning fast. He was a bit lanky, a bit awkward, but he just had skill to burn, and his left foot was just... Unreal, absolutely unreal. So, special player privilege to have seen him in my lifetime live.
3: And what a mullet as well. What a haircut!
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that. I mean, handsome, handsome springs to mind. But, <laughs> <fantastic>. <laughs> oh, all right, calm down. <laughs> handsome, <Have> sexy,
2: <laughs> handsome, <have> and
0: sexy <laughs> footballers in his team. I bet you copied the haircut, Jim.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Trust me, I've got some dark photos from back in the day. But Chris, Chris Waddle was such, like, I, I genuinely, I tried to play. I mean, I was a striker, but I still wanted to play like Chris Waddle in terms of the dribbles he did. He was just that kind of player that it was, it was amazing to see. And also, I was lucky enough to meet Waddle about four years ago, maybe. I actually played against him in a charity football tournament in Sheffield. And I mean, I think the guy was about 55 and he's rocking up playing in this tournament. And, you know, I mean, like talk about just a fantastic all-round guy. And that game went to a penalty shootout and his team beat my team on penalties. And I'm walking off the pitch, having a one-on-one conversation with Chris Waddle about shootouts. And I mean, you know, I, I think in a way I feel so like sad that, he is remembered for the penalty miss for England by a lot Mm. of people. And even I mention it on on here, but the guy was such a fantastic footballer. And yeah, sure, he missed a penalty, but so have many greats. Messi has missed tons of them. So I don't care. Chris Waddle, definitely one of the best players I've ever seen play the game.
2: So what was the reaction like when when he signed for you then? Because he would have been surely one of the biggest Sort of biggest names in the
1: world at that point, no? Yeah. oh, I mean, that that's the time, really. It reminds you, you know, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday, I still love the football club, but it's not where it used to be. And I mean, when Chris Waddle was signed, I, I remember, I think, like my dad and, you know, a few of the sort of like adults, as it was at the time, they were like, my days, that is a signing. Because he'd been over playing for Marseille. And again, yeah. Get on It might be on YouTube. There was a video back in the day, Chris Waddle, the French way. And I'm telling you, those years at Marseille, when he was like feeding striking sensations, Jean-Pierre Papin. I mean, my <laughs> God, that is an amazing video. In fact, I need to find that video and watch it. But yeah, I mean, God, they, they were heady days. I didn't know how lucky I was back then. You know, I was only about 10 years old, but yeah, sensational.
3: What about your up front two? Who's your up front two going to be?
1: So, top two is anyone who supports Sheffield Wednesday is probably going to know at least one of these for definite. So, I'll leave him till last because he's also the biggest personal influence on my own um, footballing career. So, I'll save him till last. Um, Meaning the other striker would be a guy who, again, was a big money move back in the day and he had to live up to a lot of hype, a lot of pressure. And he completely did that. Get you 20 goals a season, no danger, no force, not really flashy, just stuck the ball in the back of the net. That's all you should ever be as a striker in many ways. And that's Mark Bright. Mm.
2: Mm. Yes. Tom knows all
3: about him. Tom, Tom, why didn't you
1: talk about Mark Bright?
3: Mark Bright. Obviously, it was before my time, but you look back at the videos and him and his partnership with Ian Wright just caused such a threat. And I believe it was that year when he was with Ian Wright actually got us almost qualified for Europe. If it weren't for the Liverpool fans who got English teams banned from Europe, which is probably the only time Palace ever going to get into Europe. But him playing up front, scoring goals just a magical player it's only a shame he's also played for Brighton as well which is probably the biggest drawback to Mark Bright oh yeah of course you
1: guys you guys hate Brighton don't you
3: yeah he loves a team with blue stripes in their kit
1: he does he does
3: But he, he was he was a fantastic
1: player and yeah I mean he came with a lot of hype and that can be hard to live up to you know many players don't and he was fantastic for Sheffield Wednesday again he Just scored goals, caused defenses all sorts of trouble. And it really he did everything that a striker should do. And yeah, again, it'd be easy. You know, he, he wasn't maybe like a complete headline grab all the time because I think Ian Wright probably grabbed a bit more attention at Palace. Yeah. And he maybe didn't always get the headlines at Sheffield Wednesday because my final choice got the headlines. But Mark Wright was a perfect. Striking partner for playing in a two up front. And back then, it always used to be two up front. So I think he was a fantastic footballer, to be honest. I enjoyed watching him.
3: It. Definitely. It'd be interesting to see who the other striker is.
2: So the other
1: striker is. Um, I mean, I could talk about this guy for forever, really. But I mean, first of all, so it's number nine, David Hurst. And He was a phenomenal striker whose career was badly affected by injury. And despite that, he's still like a no-brainer choice in terms of how good he was. And again, for the younger people, get on YouTube. There's a video, David Hurst's top 10 goals. I mean, it's just outrageous, literally. His left foot was something else it was an absolute rocket. And some of the goals he scored were just out of this world. And he had pace, power, movement, finishing. He was the complete striker. And really, at the time in the early 90s, he was rated as highly as Alan Shearer. But then he badly got affected by injuries. And that ultimately limited what he could achieve. But Make no mistakes about it. And Alan Shearer's is still to this day good mates with him. And he knows it. David Hurst could have been one of this country's very top strikers were it not for injury. That's how good he was. And he was still amazing for many years at Sheffield Wednesday. What
0: we'll other clubs snooping around for him at the time?
1: Yeah, he was... I think he was on the verge of going to Man United in about 1992 93. And... I think the injuries maybe got in the way of that. I'm I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm a bit hazy, but yeah, he could have been. Him, him and Alan Shearer, I think, made their England debut together, if I remember rightly. And yeah, he I mean, he was every bit as good as anyone in that era. Sadly, injuries got in the way of that. But he still had many great years as well. And trust me, watching him, again, I was lucky enough to see him live for many years when I was younger. He was the single biggest influence on me as a striker. He was just the complete package. Sensational. And get on YouTube and look up his top 10 goals. It's, the, it's just outrageous. There's one against Aston Villa where it must swerve about three or four times and go into the far corner. And the whole picture just like, as that just happened? I've never seen another goal like it. It's just unbelievable. So... David Hurst, living legend. If you're listening, Hurst say, I love you, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you never I guarantee know. he is. He definitely is, so, stri- What sort of player was, was Hurst then? Who, who might you sort of compare him to these days in terms of well, more modern strikers?
1: I think in, uh, it's it's hard. Off, so, off the top of my head, he was, he was maybe a similar build to like an Aguero type player. So, he was he was probably a little bit taller, but he was very powerful off the ground. So mm. he he'd go he'd go from like naught to hundred as it is, you know, in the click of a finger. So you pass the ball into his feet and he'd just t- turn on the afterburners, knock the ball out of his feet, and he'd have a, he'd have an entire defense turn round in a second. And in his prime, he had lightning pace. And then He just had a left foot shot that was unbelievable. So he was kind of like a hybrid of a couple of players, but he probably had the power and burst of an Aguero. But then he had a bit more, um, I'd say he had a bit more innate pace, if you like. So almost a touch of the Jamie Vardy in terms of pace running behind.
2: Okay. Yeah, I I do do know the night. I'm almost certain he scored against us in one of those. Uh, 1993 cup finals, whether it was the league cup or, or FA Cup, I'm not sure. But
1: did that was the league cup final? He knows. Okay. <laughs> I, I was at that league cup final 1993.
2: How old were you been then?
1: I was 10. Oh, it was great day out in Wembley. Got to see an Arsenal fan get punched, knocked out. <laughs> Fantastic <game>. dreams. <laughs> That's Sorry it. if that affects anyone, but I'm getting them all back for uh, taking the Mickey at the start of this podcast. Don't
0: don't worry. I think Arsenal fans get ripped through a thumb on this podcast. That's fine. I
1: don't mind. Like I love it. I love it. That's why I agreed to come on. But, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope this has reminded a few listeners, or maybe um, sort of informed a few listeners. Once upon a time, Sheffield Wednesday were a fabulous football team, and You know, they they were actually very unlucky to lose those two cup finals to Arsenal because I don't think Arsenal were better than Wednesday. They key moments went for them. And in fact, the FA Cup final went to a replay. So those teams played three cup finals and Arsenal won both of them by the skin of the teeth, which fair play to Arsenal. But yeah, I mean, I've actually loved going down memory and yeah, I'm going to go on YouTube myself, watch these videos. Man. <laughs> you know, it, what a, a sigh! I,
0: I haven't obviously majority of these people I don't know, um, but just hearing you talk about them has sparked as as my interest to go and have a look at you know uh, a John Sheridan wonder goal or or, oh. or, you, or your Roland Nelson was it uh, Swedish Swedish.
1: Nolan Nielsen, Swedish sex superstar, just absolutely (laughs) amazing. John Sheridan, free kicks. John Sheridan, free kicks video, a must watch. And David Hurst, top 10 goals or whatever it is, a must watch. And it's just football at its best, to be honest.
0: Yeah, do you know, I've learned a lot. The only thing I knew about Sheffield Wednesday was, one, it's up north. Uh, Two, Pallad de Kenia played for him. And three, you had a pretty nice kick. Yeah, uh, with that logo, it looked like a bloody red or blue tablet um, with the Pepsi logo
3: on it. Yeah, the Pepsi, Pepsi
1: logo as well. Oh no, that was Sa- Sanderson, Sanderson Electronics, I think.
2: Because it sure wasn't crisps. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Jack's> just hungry.
1: <laughs> I know. God,
0: lovely crisps. I remember having a little uh, figurines. I know, we used to collect them in the 90s. you remember the small little uh, figurines that you used to get of the footballers and they're the massive heads? Had those well. oh, yeah, yeah. Micro yeah. stars. Power pods. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, I used to have them. But yeah, I loved that. That was, that was good. I learned a lot about Sheffield Wednesdays. Obviously, the sexy footballers, the curry housekeeper, you know, and don't compare <laughs> Carton Palmer to Messi. Jesus, don't do that. <laughs> and obviously, Roland Nelson, <laughs> the <laughs> Swedish match. <laughs>
1: Your entertainment. and do, do you want me to end with a good story about Sheffield Wednesday legends?
0: Yeah, go on. Give us a, give us a quick story.
1: So, well, two, two of the players, um, John Sheridan and Chris Waddle. So I went to Wembley for the 2015-16 Championship Playoff Final, Sheffield Wednesday v Hull, and did the travel down to London with a couple of mates because I still lived in Sheffield at the time and travelled down to London, got to Wembley, and we were like, whoa, it's a hot day, need to get some pints here. So as you get towards Wembley, there's all the hotels, and we thought, hey, well, oh, there's some commotion going on at the Ibis Hotel, so let's go there, let's get a pint. Walked into the Ibis Hotel, and who's there in the middle of the lobby, but John Sheridan and Chris Waddell <laughs> sinking the pints down with all the fans <laughs> before the kickoff of the game. And you've got literally the ibis hotel was overrun with sheffield wednesday fans hanging off the banisters hanging off the lights up on tables and you've just got this whole pub stood there singing john sheridan and chris waddle songs (laughs) and both of them two were the nicest guys you could ever hope to meet and for two hours straight every five seconds a different fan was asking for a selfie with them and they were both just yeah sure smiling chatting to everyone amazing and I can't tell you how good they were as footballers but what a couple of great guys as well and even though Sheffield Wednesday lost that day that's one of my favourite football memories of all time meeting those two in the hotel bar so there you go what a way to end on
0: that's a pretty sweet story I do you know what I really want 90s football to come back to like now do you know what I mean it's it's I don't know football's changed I, I, I obviously born in the 90s quite quite um Young, but towards the end of the year, anyway. But I mean, um, I still got that element of the 90s football. Um, But you know, living it at a peak time, it just seems like an unreal time to to be part of football and grow up. Um, And it's at the moment, it's just nothing like that. Um, But yeah, that's that's fantastic, Jim.
1: Loved it. And I've loved remembering how amazing Sheffield Wednesday were. Now, brilliant. Cheers, Jim. Thank you very much
0: for coming on,
2: Jim. All right. Cheers, guys. See you next week for another for the Love of List segment. Remember to follow our Twitter at FTLowPodcast Podcast and to like, comment and subscribe.